Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, an orb of ice blue held aloft in a perfect hand. By Sarah L. Uckelman. I found her lying in the snow. At first, I thought it was a doll that some child had lost. It felt fragile in my hands, the body floppy, the limbs delicately jointed. The tumbling hair covered a face too beautiful to be real. One hand held aloft a small sphere, the same ice-blue shade that painted its lips. It was the sphere that had caught my eye, a sparkle hidden within a glittery snowdrift that was brighter than any snowflake. Dark, thorny branches of dead brambles caught at my hat and coat as I dug away the snow to reveal the hidden figure below. It had the form of a mermaid, with a silver and purple tail, and was dressed in the queerest outfit, a slinky wrap of black and the same blue as the sphere, the delicate fabric caught on a bramble thorn, and I took off my glove to extract it. Silk. Whoever lost this, I thought, must love it very much. The snow was falling much more thickly now. Already I could hardly see my footsteps behind me. I struck off down what I was pretty sure was the path. The dead brambles and brown oak saplings parted way to let me through. The wind had picked up strength too. Another gust caught the silken wrap of the figure in my hands, and it roiled out. A butterfly... Like butterfly wings, I thought. A curious outfit to dress a mermaid in. It was getting darker now, too, not just because of the thick gray clouds. How had it gotten so late? I looked behind me, and the wind bent the branches of trees and brambles so that I could no longer tell where I had walked. Ahead of me, a path still opened, but I was no longer sure it led to where I wanted to go. Home. I want to go home. I want to go home. It was like an echo, but an echo of my thoughts, not my words. I jerked around again, but there was no one behind me. I began to run. I ran, though the brambles caught at my sleeves and tore my hat off my head. I ran, though the sharp wind drove tears to my eyes and I couldn't see. I ran, and then my foot caught upon a rock hidden beneath the snow, and I fell. The doll was flung out of my hands and landed on the surface of a frozen lake that sprawled before me. The orb began to glow. You know how seeing something through the water makes it seem bigger than it is? It was like that. How the figure, lying upon the ice, rippled and shifted and blurred until suddenly it was not a doll but a woman a mermaid, a butterfly, that was rearing up from the ice. Those delicately jointed limbs were strong and untouched by the cold. Her face was even more beautiful when it looked toward mine and smiled with joy. You have brought me home. I had never seen this lake before. The mermaid swept her tail so that it curled around her and leaned back on one elbow. The wind dropped, leaving only a light breeze to ripple her wings behind her. 
she rolled the orb from the back of her hand to the front, mesmerizing me. You have brought me home, she repeated, her voice softer, like the heroine of a fairy tale. You should be rewarded. I'd read enough fairy tales to know the rewards from the fae come with their own prices. No thanks. I just want to get home myself. I looked behind again. All that I could see of the track I had made was the awkward crush of snow where I had fallen. I can help you. Her voice was soft and seductive, persuasive and powerful. Thanks, but I'll be all right on my own. She didn't seem evil, but I didn't want to be rude. I waved my hand toward the frozen expanse. In the dim light of the orb, I couldn't see how far the ice reached. Don't worry about me. Go on to your home. She dropped her hand to her lap, cradling the orb like a child. If you go now, I cannot, she said, her voice low. I paused in my steps. When I thought she was a child's lost toy, I told myself I'd do whatever I could to get it back to its rightful place. Was it so very different now? I knelt back down by the edge of the lake. With a thrust of her tail and the wind catching at her wings, she was suddenly there next to me, her too beautiful face too close to mine. You will help me? What do you need from me? I asked. She placed the tips of her fingers upon my chest, and I could feel the burn of ice through my coat, through my shirt beneath. Your heart. She pulled her fingers back, and her words were sorrowful, not threatening. Only my orb is strong enough to melt the ice and open the door that I may return to my home, but even you can see it grows weak and faint. She held it aloft, and though the light still winked from its chilly blue depths, it was feeble. I need a new heart. I need a new love. The wind caught her wings and swirled them around her, except for the beautifully jointed arms and the orb within her hand. She seemed a pitiful thing to me then, more pitiful than when I thought she was a child's lost doll. And yet, pity is akin to love, and I couldn't just leave her there, couldn't bring her so far and then turn my back upon her. Tell me what I must do. It was now wholly dark except for the light of the orb, there was no moon and the clouds hid under the stars. The wind breathed its last and the snow fell straight down, unmoved. Her voice was as canny and fey as she was. Love is not born in a moment. A day is not enough to keep the ice at bay. If I keep you here against your will, your heart will never be mine. But it has been so long, so long since anyone who found their way here was willing to stay. And even those who do cannot stay forever. Always they leave me. A tear slid down her cheek, 
and then froze, a perfect diamond. She lifted the light so that it fell upon my face, and I knew she could see my answer. I can't stay. I have a home already, and a love. But I can't just leave you here. It might not be romance, but is compassion enough? Enough for you to make the doorway home just once? It can be enough for tonight. I unbuttoned my coat and tugged my shirt aside. Without the wind, somehow the air didn't seem that cold anymore. She reached out a slender finger and brushed my hair out of my face and then placed the orb upon my skin. The paramedics got to me shortly after dawn. A rescue crew had been combing the forest for me all night long and found me lying in a field at the edge of the woods. They brought me straight here and spent the morning patching me up. I tug at the opening of the hospital gown, slipping out a shoulder. There's a perfect circle, like a brand, like a burn, where my heart still thumps a bit erratically. Down the center is a row of neat stitches. Likely cut herself when she fell on that rock, I remember one of the EMTs saying. Even he didn't sound like he believed it. My tale finished, I lean back in my hospital bed, and silence, except for the continuous background beeping, descends. My friends stare at me with faces of varying degrees of disbelief. An announcement blares out over the loudspeakers. Visiting hours are over. An old man lingers as my friends crowd each other out the door. I don't recognize him. I too met her once and fell in love with her, he says, taking my hand. My heart still burns within her orb. This has been An Orb of Ice Blue Held Aloft in a Perfect Hand Written by Sarah L. Uggelman For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C.B. D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast, we've been doing this all summer, in between sleeping in, playing Xbox, and smoking cigarettes. We ride around the suburbs with cans of pink paint stashed in our backpacks. <laughs>